Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the BJJ podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt, and I run the role model women's only grappling camp. In this episode, we're going to dive into a few of the questions that were asked uh, at the end of camp this year. And um, we just got to sit down with Emily Kwok and Rachel Casillas and pick their brains and find out um, how they felt about some stuff. Uh, as you know, or may know, uh, we did an episode on tapping a while back. And I gave my answer, which was not an answer at all, because I still wasn't sure how I felt about it. So it was really good for me to get to ask Rachel what her opinion was on whether you should tap uh, the week before a tournament, tap frequently or fight to get out of something. So it's good to get her perspective. And let's dive right into the questions. Okay, AJ Klingerman here. <laughs> we have an episode coming up about um, tapping in general, but my question is the week before you compete, are you more likely to tap quickly because you don't want to get injured or more likely to fight hard to like not give up that tap and that get that mindset. I tap quickly so I don't get injured. Okay. I have the mindset. I don't need someone to tell me to fight hard in a jujitsu tournament. So the four days before I'm trying not to get hurt. I don't want to work 12 weeks to the pans, the worlds to have a white, like some dude try to crank on my neck and then I can't fight. That's where you learn to manage your ego. Like Emily was talking about, you know, all right, dude, Get the hell off. Great. You cranked on my neck. I don't care. I want to be able to fight at light feather, master one, two, three, or whatever I am these days um, at the pans of the worlds. I only do really the pans of the worlds anymore for time wise, um, but I would rather be healthy than, than deal with my ego for that. One of the things that I think is great about being able to incorporate Rachel into this podcast is you never have to worry that she's not going to have an opinion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I am really glad that I asked that question though about tapping because it did give me some guidance that I really needed yeah. and the way she put everything, I was like, okay, that I can get behind that. I feel great. Well, let's go right into the next question then that came up. And this one was about fear and competition. All right, ladies, we have a couple of questions. I'm going to read it, I guess, and then answer it. I've never competed as a white belt. I'm a blue belt now, and I'm still afraid to compete. I tell myself not everybody competes. Competition is not for everyone. But, and am I lying to myself? Should I force myself to compete? How can I deal with the fear? Um, you should never force yourself to do anything you don't want to do, right? If you don't want to compete, don't compete. If you're asking me, should you compete? Absolutely. I always tell everyone to compete because you learn more about yourself when you're competing versus when you're in the gym. I don't think anyone's lying to themselves. If you have an innate fear that you don't want to compete, that's perfectly fine. Like, it's okay not to compete. Completely 100% okay. If you have a fear of competing, that's 100% healthy. If someone tells you that they're not afraid to compete, they're lying. I mean, I just 100% think they're lying. They handle their fear better than most people then, or they have a way to deal with their fear. Some people listen to music. Some people have to jump up and down. Christina Ballone dances like a crazy person. That's fine. She'll tell you she's terrified every time before every match, but she dances. That's the way she gets rid of it. Um, I put headphones in that aren't plugged into anything. I, I, I don't listen to music. I just tuck them in my thing so no one will talk to me. That's really it. I don't want to talk to anybody. 
Some people have to stretch a lot. One of our brown belts has to like swing his hips 800 times. I'm like, you look super creepy, dude. But that's what he does to calm his nerves down. You just have to find what'll help you deal with that fear and that adrenaline dump. But it's fear is completely normal. Fear is a good thing. It'll help you fight and find out what'll help you get over the fear. And that's very personal to each person. For me, it's just, I really enjoy jujitsu and it probably wasn't until last year at the Pan Ams where I stood down there at Black Belt Sunday, I looked around and I was like, it was before the finals and I was like, this is cool. It's the first time I really didn't feel like, I don't wanna be here, this is awful, I don't lose. Like, you know, last year for the finals, I was like, I deserve to be here. This is an awesome situation, I should enjoy this. Cause like, if you ever compete, um, when you get the Black Belt and they announce not just your name, but which team you compete for, right? So you walk out there and they're like, so-and-so representing such-and-such, -such, right? It's creepy as f man. Cause you're standing there and you don't want anybody to watch you. You want people to watch you, but you really don't want people to watch you. And you're trying to convince yourself that only the seven people that came from your team are the ones watching you. But then you look up and you're on the jumbotron like the Pan Ams and you're like, it's bad, real bad. So the first time I wasn't prepared my first year at Black Belt and they're like, Rachel Noel Morrison, they don't use my married name. They go, Rachel Noelle Morrison, how they say it, you know, with every, and they're like, representing Team Zenith. <laughs> and I'm like, why is everybody paying attention to me now? What if I just get my ass beat really quick? Um, luckily that didn't happen, I was excited. But it's, you have to get over that fear and whatever helps you get over that fear. Whether it's some, whatever you're focusing on, dancing, jumping, zenning out, whatever it is. Some people like to smile, I'm not a smiler, like, uh, if you've ever been to any of Sophia McDermott Drysdale, I think she's dropped the Drysdale now, camps, which she does a lovely lifestyle camp. She's like, I'm always smiling. You should be scared of the ones that are smiling. Well, I'm not a smiler. I tried to do it and I just looked ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, so I just stand there in my own little bubble with my hoodie up like, I gotta weigh in so I can drink this Pepsi. Someone's better let me weigh in. When am I gonna get on the orange so I can weigh in to drink this Pepsi? That's all I'm thinking about. And what works for me, I used to have to get angry to fight. I don't have to do that anymore. Now I just think like, you know, I'm here, I'm gonna do this, I'm not gonna waste this five or six, seven minutes. Like you're gonna have to earn it, you know, like that's the way I look at it. And that's what's helped me with my fear part of it. And then you had mentioned the adrenaline dump kind of situation. So how far before you plan on fighting do you go into that situation? Just because sometimes I find that I'll either have done it way too early or then all of a sudden my mind's out of it by the time I get to the mat. So, so that's really hard to regulate, especially although IBGF does a better job of it than a lot of things because you can see on the little board now like how many fights you have till your turn to go, unless they move you because people aren't showing up, which is really annoying by the way. But for me, I don't try to get too up until there's only like five or so fights before me. Like I'm zoned, I'm there, I'm fine. Some people have to be doing it all day. For me personally, when I hit like, I'm like right below the orange, right before I can check in to start drinking my caffeine, um, is when I start thinking, all right, we gotta do this, right? I'm not one of those people that requires a whole bunch of warm up. I tried that once, like tried to get super sweaty and going and it just didn't work for me. I'm one of those people that are like, all right, I'm gonna stretch, like touch my toes, do this with my arms, let's do this, right? But it's personal for each. For me, if I get too up too soon, the drill and dump is too much, right? I find though that once I get a grip on the gi, I'm good. So I tell myself, you know, my mantra for a couple years at the Pan Ams, was um, I will fight hard, I will win, I'll be Pan Am champion, right? So it's, e it's not easy. 
it, it's hard to do it at purple belt. It's hard to do it at brown belt. It's hard to do it at black belt. It's hard to keep doing it more than once. Every time you do it one more time, the expectation raises. So I've just told myself, I'm not going to get too up until there's only about 20 minutes before I fight. Some people ha get up in the morning, like they wake up, like I'm doing this. You got to kind of, it just comes with more competing. You'll figure out how much time you need for that. The more you can control the adrenaline dump, the easier it is to fight, right? If you haven't had an adrenaline dump, you haven't fought very much because they're there for all of them, right? It's every, it, they don't go away. You get better at managing the adrenaline dump. So for me, definitely what I found, because, you know, she does mention you have to, you know, figure out what works for you. What works best for me to avoid the adrenaline dump is getting a good sweat in. So I like to, if, you know, if I can roll around a little bit, if I feel like I had my first match in the back room or whatever, then I'm not as nervous mm -hmm. for my actual first match. Um, if I don't do that, if I don't get a good sweat in, I feel like my thighs like lock up and and so i for me that's what really helped with the adrenaline dump portion of that so i think for me i haven't competed enough to know what actually what i need to do right because i know when i hit the mat during competition last time i just was like <laughs> we're here you this can't see me but i'm all over the place <laughs> just like i was <laughs> that's good i like also that she was like everybody has a fear of competing yeah like, it, it's okay everyone has a fear of it um and not to force yourself to do something but and, and i agree with that also i think you know we should do things that we're afraid of like that's how we grow truly so, yeah so what is uh, our tip for on the mat this week? Our tip for on the mat is tap early and tap often, especially leading into competition. I like that. I like that a lot. And then off the mat, I think planning out what you're taking to the competition, like having your competition bag packed and ready to go, um, you know, making sure you have your headphones and your mouthpiece and that your phone's charged and, you know, you have any essential oils you need or whatever, snacks. Snacks. Exactly, snacks, yeah. <laughs> um, but making sure you have all of that because if you're already kind of nervous and um, on the borderline of that anxiety attack, those little things can be something that push you over the edge. So just being prepared off the mat before competition day really helps. The other thing that I'm going to recommend that you tap this week is the share button on your podcast app so that you can send this episode to a friend that needs to hear it. I like that. I like that. I think you should send it to like three friends. Let's pick three friends that you think should hear it. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic goal. Or you can just post on Instagram that you're listening to it and tag those three friends in the post that they need to hear it. And then you can also tag me at Brassy Broad Jen. And me at AJ Klingerman. And then you can tag the podcast at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. Very nice. And we will see you on, on the, the mat. mat.